Welcome to Essentials to Heal Yourself. I'm Laura Lee Humphreys. So let's start today's conversation with a question. When you've had a bad day, either something happened at work or something, conversation with friends or something, family members, then how did you respond to that? Did you tune into your tummy, your, your body to see how your body feels when you get all emotionally worked up? Maybe you've got not in your gut, or it feels like a 10 ton weight, lead weight is there, or it's just lots of anxiety and just kind of agitation everywhere inside of you. When you're upset like that, how do you normally respond? How do you deal with that emotional upset? Do you reach for your comfort foods, sugary, salty things, cakes, cookies, ice cream, soda pop, alcohol, whatever? Do you end up being an emotional eater? Well, this is something that so many people get, get trapped in, and it's just it's a difficult loop to free yourself because I've had to deal with this myself, and sometimes it still kind of rears its head for me. So today's conversation is how to break the loop of emotional eating. And it's important to understand why you need to do this because of the toll it takes on your physical health. You know, when it's when there's a lot of agitation and frustration and anger and grief and all the emotional storm that's sitting in your gut, then it agitates your whole digestive process. It throws off your nervous system, puts you into the sympathetic nervous system state, which is all about fight and flight where digestion is impaired, the immune system is reduced, rather than being in the nervous system state of the parasympathetic state, which is about calm, relaxed, your body's able to heal, to digest, to repair things, you're able to receive intuitive guidance and download and learn and create. This is where we, this is our natural state of being and where we need to be most of the time. But with all of the emotional turmoils and upset and stress that we're subjected to every day, plus all of our history that we've had a hard time resolving or maybe even haven't resolved, we don't know what to do. So what do we do with it? We suppress it. We eat it away and shove it down into ourselves. Where does that actually go? All of that emotional energy, all of that emotional upset, the distorted thought patterns and beliefs that we have about ourselves in our lives as a result of all of that upset get stored in our tissues, in the cells of our body. And our abdomen and our pelvic bowl is one of the main receptacles for all of this emotional stuffing to go. It impacts the reproductive organs our digestive organs, our posture, our immune system, our adrenal glands, our whole endocrine system, all the other glands, it really creates havoc within the body. So when you have all of that emotional agitation coupled with a poor diet, a sedentary lifestyle, not enough movement and exercise, you're eating crap food, fake food all the most of the time that's filled with, with harmful chemicals that erode away the integrity and the functionality of your digestive system, you're setting yourself up for disease and a disaster.
And then you wonder why there's inflammation, there's blood sugar imbalances, pain, heartburn, gas, bloating, the more long-standing chronic digestive problems like inflamed bowel, diverticulitis, food allergies, and such. All of that can be traced back to your emotional health, the state of your nervous system, and what you're putting into your mouth. So in other videos, other episodes, I've talked a lot about how to heal yourself, how to cleanse and detoxify, and why the nervous system the state of your nervous system is so important for your gut health and how to heal your gut. Go back and check the, go back and listen to those other past episodes, the ones prior, right prior to this one, to kind of give you a full picture of how disease happens, how to reverse it. And then today's episode is about the emotional component, which is super duper important because if you don't, you're, you'll hit a plateau. Your healing will only be able to go so far or things just will show up. You thought you have dealt with them physically and then a few years later, a little while down the road, then you're gonna have the same physical issues all over again to deal with because you've not addressed your emotional healing work. So to tell you a little bit about how I learned what I'm gonna share with you, I've done a lot of emotional healing work myself over the years, a lot. <laughs> And I've learned a lot of different things and a lot of different techniques. So at one point I was, so I've done, I've been a massage therapist and um, I've done massage for 20 years. At one point I was working at a hotel spa here in Las Vegas. And it was before I really knew much about nutrition and about food and what's in it. And so what I tell you to clean up your diet and this and that about nutrition and why I'm speaking from experience because I've had to go through this and make these changes myself. I've had to learn how to eat, how to change my diet and lifestyle and how I care for myself. Okay. So I'm not just like blowing smoke here. So during my time when I was working at this hotel, I would, for lunch, I would go down and eat in the cafeteria of the hotel. I, again, I didn't understand the ins and outs of nutrition nowhere near like I do now. And so after a few months of that, then I would notice after I ate, there's just a lot of pain and discomfort and bloating and inflammation in my gut. And I was like, what's going on with this? I've never had this before ever. And so after a while, I had started to look into what happened, you know, what's going on. And then that's what introduced me to a lot of the toxic crap and the chemicals and the harmful things that are put in the food. And especially what's done to wheat and the glyphosate and the over-processing of grains and the GMO food, the Franken foods. So I learned about all of that stuff. And then I had to start making changes in my diet. And at the time, then I like to eat a lot of bread and cereal, a lot more pasta and rice than that I do now. And I just had to come to the realization of like, if I want my gut to clear up and to calm down, I have to stop eating these things. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> I felt a lot of resistance and I had a lot of trial and error and I would lay off the food, especially the bread. That was, that was a big thing for me. 
I would lay off it for a while and then I'd have a couple of slices of bread and it would just inflame and irritate me. I was like, nope, I can't do that or either too much or too frequent. But over time, I learned how to change my diet. I did some cleansing and things to change and heal my gut. And now I never have an issue with it. One of the things was to deal with the emotional eating. So that's what I'm going to focus on today. So from all of that, I was looking at how do I really work through my emotional stuff? How do I really break down and and break the loop of the emotional eating patterns? And I identified a few different factors that showed me how the eating loop is cemented into our habits physiologically, biologically, chemically, hormonally. Okay. And so that's an important thing. So when you're looking to break an emotional eating loop, then you've got to step back. This is the first thing. Step back and ask yourself, okay, who's really talking here? I'm having some cravings for food. For I want to go grab my favorite stuff. But who's really talking? Who are the voices of my cravings? And I'll tell you, there's like about three of them, three or four of them. It, and it's, you've got to just start to pay attention and discern which one of these is talking. So number one, it could be that your body legitimate needs, legitimately needs some nutrition. And it's asking to be fed some actual real nutritious food, not the crap food that soothes and blankets the emotions, but some true nutrition. That's a legitimate um, source of the, the cravings voices. Also, are you dehydrated? Because if you feel uh, hungry a lot, then that can also be an indication that your body simply needs some more pure, clean water. Another voice of the cravings is what I call the critters. The pathogenic microorganisms, bacteria, virus, fungus, mold, parasites, parasites are a huge one, wanting their favorite food, whether it's chocolate or ice cream or flour or pasta or um, cereals or refined bread and flour products or even dairy. There's enzymes within dairy that set you up for an addictive cycle. That's one of the reasons why cheese is so hard to break. So you've got to identify or tune into, it's like, are you craving the emotional eating foods, which is primarily the sugary, salty things, because you're wanting to, because the critters in your gut are hungry and want to be, want to be fed. They have a legitimate voice. Another voice of your cravings is the unresolved emotional issues. When they get stirred and activated, that's when you want to immediately go into the emotional eating loop and grab for the ice cream or the chips or whatever the thing is that is your favorite thing to soothe and forget about and suppress the emotions. Okay. Another thing to be aware of this, the voice of your cravings is just the straight up habit, the habitual pattern, just the plain old habit. Your body's used to a habit. And the chemical um, 
the chemicals that your body makes to reinforce those emotions and reinforce the habit. Which leads me to the, the fifth thing that to, to be aware of is to identify with food cravings and especially the types of foods that you're wanting to grab. That's a straight up chemical addiction. It's an addiction. Sugar is far more addicting than even cocaine. It lights up similar areas of the brain and is much harder to break because it is literally in everything. It's in all kinds of processed foods. That's one of the reasons why I say so much, get off the crap foods, get off the junk because sugar is so pervasive in that. High fructose sugar, all of the different sugar derivatives that's put into foods that literally makes you chemically addicted to them. Another thing that you got to understand with the addiction and with food cravings is not just the sugar, but there's other chemicals within your favorite emotional foods that set you up for the cycle of addiction. Like the colorings, the flavoring, some of the preservatives, the MSG, the, 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 the blanket natural flavorings, whatever that is. But there's a lot of other chemicals in addition to the sugar that's highly addictive. And yes, food manufacturers know this. That's why they put them in the food because they know that they're going to be chemically addicted, addicting, especially when you're upset or in some emotional storm. They put them in there so that you will buy more of them, so that you will get them more of your money, so that they can make a profit off of your expense. Straight up. Stop feeding the beast. Recognize processed packaged foodstuffs, fake food with fake flavors, fake, uh, uh, fake flavors and colors and fake nutrition produced by corporations are not your friend. Stop giving them your money. So when you're breaking the loop of emotional eating, dealing with the chemical addiction of those foods is one of the hardest things to do because it's a straight up addiction. And so you have to deal with it in any same way that you would similarly uh, is what you would do with any other type of chemical addiction. You got to just break it, detox your body, and then stay away from it. Form new habits and lifestyle patterns. That's where the work comes in. And it's, it takes time. Trust me, I've had to do it myself. And sometimes it still rears its head, like I said. So how to break it. Number one, start eating actual real food. Go do a search for some plant-based recipes and you'll find endless, endless, endless amounts of blogs and pictures on, on Pinterest and Instagram and all over the place of people showing you how to cook foods that are actually healthy and nutritious, that are plant-based, that don't have all of the chemical crap, that's not overly processed, that's just real food, the way people used to eat and the way nature intended us to eat. Okay, so go look through some of those or even go get a couple of plant-based recipe books. You'll find so many different options. 
I like to, I always recommend people start with simple things like smoothies and salads. That way they're fast, they're quick, they're easy. You can put a lot of things in them to make a robust meal that will hold you for most of the day. And especially with smoothies, you can put in superfoods and plant-based protein powders that have a lot of nutrition in them to give you the nutrition that your body requires for every day without having things taste disgusting to you or having to go through this big old rigmarole of producing a meal and then you got the cleanup. But nobody has time for that unless you love to cook. But anyway, eat real food. Get half, three or four different recipes of fast, easy, yummy dishes that you can make and then do some smoothies and solids and just start experimenting and just notice how your body changes, how it feels better and how the volume of your emotional cravings, your emotional eating cravings go down. Partly because you're now giving your body actual real nutrition and you're hydrating it more. And as you do that, then the body will naturally begin to slough off and release a lot of the pathogenic critters microorganisms, the yeast, the fungus, the parasites that are one of the voices, one of the loudest voices for your cravings, especially when you introduce fermented vegetables, fermented drinks that re-inoculate the gut with flora that it needs. So that's step number one. Number two, do a colon cleanse, do an intestinal cleanse and clean out your digestive tract. It's very easy to do. I did a whole video on that. Um, couple of episodes ago. So you can go back and look through that. It's all about detoxification and cleansing. So you can do a juice fast. There's a lot of different juice blends that you can choose from. Citrus is very good, very effective for cleansing and, and rebalancing and hydrating the whole body. There's also a juice blend I like that's called Kabbalah juice, C-A-B-A-L-A. Carrots, Apples, red apples, beets, yellow apples, lemon, green apples. You can make up a juice blend of that. That's very nourishing for the gut. Do say like a five to seven juice fast and do a colon cleanse along with it. There's different powders and herbal supplements that I can that I recommend for that. If you want to know what those are, shoot me a message, reach out to me. I'm happy to help you with that. Cleanse your gut, clean out your colon, do some coffee, um, some um, colon hydrotherapy sessions or colonics. You can also do an enema. Coffee enemas are good, really good for the liver. It really stimulates the production of glutathione, which your digestive tract requires in order for it to cleanse and heal itself. Um, coffee enemas are also very good to support the liver in flushing it's build up and congested stuff in it that gets that makes it sluggish so that it can it can function more efficiently very effective very good things to do good to educate yourself on them and get over the mental stuff the mental hangups and just go clean your colon and do some enemas okay the other thing you need to do to lower the emotional eating loop, lower the voice of the cravings, is to introduce fermented vegetables into your diet. Re-inoculate your gut on a regular basis, especially, especially if you've ever had an, uh, 
rounds of antibiotics, those things will strip out your good gut bacteria. And for people who've had a lot of health issues over the years, and if they've been on rounds, multiple rounds of probiotics over the years, their digestion is wrecked and they are so miserable because of it. It takes up to a couple of years to rebuild and re-inoculate the gut flora so that they can sustain. So you've got to give this one time to really clean and rebuild your gut. It also takes time to rebuild the tissues of your stomach and your intestines and the liver and the pancreas. Each cell, say for example, the cells in your intestinal tract, they have a certain life cycle, whether it's a um, few days, few weeks, like within the stomach, the, the cells, the life cycle of the cells in the stomach is just a few days within less, less than a week. So you've got to allow enough of the life cycles of the cells to replenish themselves so that over time, all of the cells in the small intestine, for example, have been replaced with a new generation of cells. They're always replenishing themselves. But as you do that and continue to give your body good nutrition, hydration, keep it cleansed, each each successive generation of cell will be healthier and stronger and function better than its predecessors. And so over after a couple of years, you've completely rebuilt your whole digestive tract and it's so much more healthier and stronger than what it had been. So again, you've got to give that one time. So re-inoculate your gut. The, third, the last thing to do to break the emotional loop of emotional eating is actually deal with your emotional issues, the emotional traumas. To release all of that pent up angst and depression and sadness and anger and grief and agitation and fear and on and on and on. All of those emotional energies that are you stashed and suppressed away in your gut are always there festering and agitating and getting reactivated every time you have a conversation or experience that, that, that triggers you. What's triggering is the reactivation of all of those emotional energies from previous traumas that you've never resolved, never healed. So that's a huge, important piece. Now, I understand and I know that in this society, the way it's currently structured is very dysfunctional. One of the things that makes it so dysfunctional is that we are not taught how to deal with our emotions. We are not taught emotional intelligence. Our society doesn't like to deal with that. They never teach us that, hence the dysfunction. And in many ways, I believe that is by design to keep people so at each other's throat in chaos, in strife, conflict, division fear, anxiety, to keep people at that very low emotional vibratory state, very low level of consciousness, so that we destroy each other, so we destroy ourselves. That's the state of the world. So you've got to recognize that that's what is and take steps to extricate yourself from such dysfunction. Your body will thank you for it. 
One of the reasons I feel that we don't like to deal with our emotions is not only have we not been taught and that there's still social stuff about it, but we are simply afraid to feel them. We're afraid of the feelings of our emotions. They can be so strong and so overwhelming at times. And when we're in the midst of an emotional storm, it may feel like they'll never, it'll never end, that we're stuck there in this emotional misery forever. And it's just simply not true. When you understand the nature of the emotional energy and what energy is that is always moving, then it's easy, it's helpful to understand that so you can work with them. We also fear feeling our emotions, especially strong ones like anger, because we know that's such an explosive, hot emotion that if we were just to kind of like, quote, lose control and just lash out, that can create a lot of damage. And it has, and it does. And it will continue to do so until you can learn to get a grip on your anger and understand what that anger is actually telling you. And what will minimize the intensity of the, all the emotional storms is to not have such a volume of congested, unhealed emotions in your body in the first place. What makes them so difficult and so frightening and destructive is that because there's a backlog of 20, 30 years of them or whatever, rather than just in the moment, whatever emotion got triggered right then, today, you deal with it, you move on, there's no residue left. There's nothing carrying over into, the, into tomorrow. It's a backlog that's so intimidating. So <clears throat> how can you deal with the backlog? One of my biggest tools that I used a lot when I was doing a lot of emotional healing work. And it took me several years, I'll be straight up honest. It's not something you can just do in a month. There's, it's a process that takes years. It, you just peel away the layers of things and you just deal with things whenever it comes up. And then once you have a few tools of, what to, of how to deal with them, then Whenever something arises, then you just work your way through it and you figure it out and you release it and you resolve the thing and you move on rather than stuffing it down, being afraid of it, running away from it, denying it, eating it away on and on. So journaling was one of my biggest tools for helping me deal with my emotional stuff and becoming aware of what the emotional loop, the emotional storm was trying to tell me. So I know journaling is something that, again, like emotional healing work, people don't like to do. They don't know how, or it's like, oh, it's painful. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Anything takes a lot of effort that's worth doing. So that part you can just get over. So it's the way that you approach journaling is really important. It is not about just spewing out all the trauma and the drama and the soap opera and the chaos and whatever happened. And he said, she said, and they did this, that, and I did that and all. It's not about that at all, at all. 
when you can approach your journaling as if you are a scientist in a lab, then it makes it a lot easier to deal with, to, to, uh, to approach and do this. So rather than going in as a subjective approach, as a subject, like you're involved in all the chaos and the drama and the soap opera, that's what makes it journaling kind of a, a, a people want to turn away from it. Instead, approach your journaling from an objective point of view. In the same way that a scientist in a lab is doing, uh, conducting an experiment, curiosity, wanting to figure things out, poking and prodding, what will happen if I do this? What will happen if I do that? It's wanting to learn and explore and experience and to discover rather than rehashing all the garbage, okay? So that's number one of how to approach your journaling. Then secondly, when you go to journal, I'll give you like three steps of what to do with your journal. The first one is the how. When you go to do their journaling, if there's something that upset you that day, just simply write down in simple sentences, this is what happened. They said this, period. I said that, period. Um, this situation occurred, period. That's, I felt this as a result, period. I thought that as a result, period. Very short, succinct, play, factual things. It's not about the drama. Got to remember that. It's very important. Just simply say, this is what happened. This is what occurred. And then you can, add, you can end that with saying, okay, and this is a, a question that you pose to your subconscious mind, where a lot of the answers are held, as well as to spiritual guidance, to source, divine, God, whatever you want to call it, to creator. You just put the, this question out into the universe to say, what was this about? What do I need to understand about this? This situation obviously came at me. There's something here to resolve. There's something for me to learn. What is it? And you just pose the question and then you just go about your day. Then the next couple of days, just pay attention to what occurs in your day and what things spark your attention or thoughts. Because that can be the answer that you just posed in your journaling session. So, for example, you're listening to a song and just the, the lyrics or the title just it's a, it sparks a zing in you. It's like, oh, there's a little light bulb moment that's related to the thing that I was having an, uh, journaling about that I was wondering about and wanting to know what is this? What's the lesson I need to get from this experience? Or you have a conversation or you read something um, in a book or on the Internet, something will spark. Okay. So just look for those little light bulb moments to give you an idea or a flash of insight or a feeling or something as it relates to the thing that you were working with within your journaling, the thing that you're looking for an answer or a solution. Okay, That's how answers come from intuitive guidance, from life, from you know God creation, however you want to define that. That's how your answers, that's how your questions or prayers are answered. So no, be aware of that. Be looking for them. Kind of be, have an expectation of, I asked source this question, and so now I'm expecting an answer. So give it to me. And it will come. One way or another, it will come. 
Just don't put a time frame on it. Don't expect it to come at by five o'clock tomorrow night because you'll just mess up your process and you'll get all frustrated. So just pose the question, wait for the answer. And when you do, then just go back to your journal and, and jot down all oh, this song or this lyric or that thing I read or the conversation, whatever the light bulb moment was, write that down. Just note it down quickly in your journal. Again, you don't need to go on this big old long diatribe about it and, and go into soap opera because that's just defeats the whole purpose. You're looking for the clues, the answers of things. So that was step number two, the why of being aware of and looking for the little light bulb moments and then jotting them down. And then you can also jot down in your journal the next question. And that is, what do I need to heal, to forgive, to release about this situation? As I'm step at a time gaining insights about what this experience was wanting to communicate or to teach me what I need to glean from this thing. Now, what do I need to do to resolve it, to heal it, let it go, free myself of it? Okay. Just pose that question. And again, just be aware for any insights and things that come up. Now we come to the third step, and this is the why. So let's say you've been doing this for a couple of weeks. You've been working on some type of a, of a incident experience. You're processing it. You're asking for the insights. What's the lesson? What's the point of all of this? You're jotting it down and, you, and you're collecting little bits and pieces. Okay. So now you go back into your journal and you reread the last several entries and you're looking for patterns of not only patterns of the little ahas and light bulb moments as they thread together, but you're also looking for the larger patterns of habits, of thought habits and patterns, beliefs, emotional response patterns and habits, the typical like emotional issue patterns that you respond in with this emotional way all of the time to this particular person or event. Part of the development of, of consciousness and the expansion of consciousness is to be able to identify patterns, to see how things interconnect and interrelate in the big picture, to be able to stand back and look at it from the, like a 40 foot view. Okay. This is one excellent way of learning to identify those patterns within yourself and how they play out within your life. Because that will tell you heaps and heaps of how you do relationships, the patterns in relationships that either destroy your relationships or enhance and nurture them. It will also tell you patterns of what you do with your money flow and whether it's leading you into a point of greater abundance or scarcity. It will tell you patterns about how you care for your body, about how you eat and what your body requires in order to heal itself. So you're wanting to look for these patterns. That's super duper important. Because then once you recognize what the pattern is, like the, the default thing that you're always going back to, <clears throat> rather than eating it away and suppressing it down, you've been willing to look at the thing and to learn 
and listen to what your cravings have been trying to tell you all along, which is what that pattern of behavior, thought, and feeling is. Once you can identify that pattern and how you do your life, how you relate to people, and how it's not serving you, then you know what to change. As long as you live your life unconscious and in denial and with your head in the sand, refusing to look at yourself, you will never know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you'll never know, or it will always be chaos and drama when people respond to you the way that they do, because you're not looking at what you're doing to them, how you're managing your energy and what you're putting out into the world. It's becoming aware of that is the biggest key to growth. It's the point of all, doing all of your emotional work is becoming aware of what you're doing with your energy and your mind. Now that you have an, a sense of, oh, this is a pattern that I do. This is how it plays out. This is how it damages myself and other people. Now you have something to work with and you have something to change. You can make a new choice. And when you make a new choice, then it instigates the movement of energy. It also brings up the next layer of stuff for you to work through to help release you from the chemical addiction because it does come in layers. You can choose new uh, a new avenue of, of driving to work, for example, or... Um, uh, going for a walk, getting more movement into your life, um, saying things differently, learning more communication habits, um, pulling out some essential oils to support you emotionally, using, uh, uh, starting to eat real food, you know, living in harmony with natural laws of health. And if you're not familiar with those, I did a whole series of those. Go back into my previous episodes and look at those. Okay. Going back to the natural laws of health, that's your, always your foundation to return back to. Are you doing something within those seven laws or principles of health that you're not in alignment with? That will help you establish these new habits of behavior to break the old pattern. <clears throat> what you create, you can uncreate. By coming, becoming aware of yourself in this way, then you discover your own power. You discover how resourceful and strong you actually are. You discover that you have held the keys to your own healing or pain in your hands the whole time. You discover that you're not helpless. You discover that you don't have to depend upon somebody to save you. You don't have to run, go running to a doctor to give you drugs. You don't have to go running to a spouse, a man, a job, the government, big pharma, whoever outside of you to save you. All of that is, it's artificial. It's an artificial sense of empowerment when you're giving your power away to an outside authority or perceived authority. 
You're putting yourself beneath someone else when really the power is in with, within you all along. And when you recognize your patterns, you discover that. The value of all this is also teaching you self-reliance, that you can stand on your own two feet. You don't have to go running to somebody. You can find it within you to take care of you and find your own answers. That is what growing up spiritually and emotionally is. That is evolution. Okay. When you're in the process of making these habitual changes, changing your patterns and other layers of emotional stuff comes up and you find yourself kind of like repeating, kind of getting stuck in a loop or you hit a plateau or you don't know what else to do, then that's when you can reach out for some help to be help, have someone help facilitate you. <clears throat> but also I want to kind of backtrack. Before you do that, here are some also some things that you can do to help yourself. Ground, get out into nature, put your feet in the barefoot on the ground, get out into the sun. That helps really shift your energy, grounding you, calming, balancing everything, going for a walk. You can also meditate. You can do a cleanse, a detoxification, which cleanses everything and rebuilds your gut and really goes a long way in breaking the cycle of emotional eating. You can pull out essential oils, do some breath work, some affirmations, some meditation. Okay, there's a lot of things that you can do on your own to shift your energy, to shift your state. You can go, you know, just do a soundboarding, talk, talking it out with a friend. And by that, I do not, absolutely do not mean to rehash the drama and the soap opera and have somebody just reinforce the pattern. Get very clear in distinguishing the two types of conversations, the two types of energies, because it's not about reinforcing the old patterns that don't work. It's about having somebody just sound, just listen to you as you talk it through, which that in itself will help you find your own answers talking it through to identify what you need to figure out in order to resolve that situation or thing. Okay. That now, when you've come to a place where you feel like you've hit a plateau or you're looping and you get stuck, that's when you reach out to have someone facilitate you to help you. Like another coach, an energy healer doing some um, EFT or tapping or some, NLP or hypnosis, uh, more deeper breath work. Um, a lot of different modalities are out there to help you heal, do the emotional healing work. And so use that when necessary. Once you have exhausted your own tools and resources, okay, because it's about teaching you self-reliance and so that you know, because you can't always be running to a doctor or running to a healer or a coach or whatever, because time scheduling and finances are, are not going to allow that. You've got to have tools that you can take care of yourself as best you can first and then go to someone else when you get stuck, when you know when you need to be facilitated. OK. So that's kind of the, the breakdown of how to go about. Dealing with emotional eating loops and 
deal, especially uh, healing, releasing, resolving the emotional traumas and issues that get stored in the gut that prevent us from moving forward, that prevent us from having a strong, healthy gut and feeling at peace with ourselves. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a lot here I covered. It'll probably be good for you to re uh, review it. So just in recap, understand the voice of your cravings, your emotional eating cravings, whether it's you actually need some nutrition or hydration, or it's the critters, the parasites, the, the microorganisms, the yeast that's talking, or if it's your unresolved emotional baggage and traumas that are talking, or if it's just a straight up chemical addiction, okay? Recognize that and then you know, have a better idea of what you're dealing with instead of just running to your comfort foods and eating away the pain. Secondly, to break the cycle, eat real food, introduce probiotics, do a cleanse and detox to clean out your gut, to clean out your colon, and then start dealing with your emotional work, which the beginning process is getting clear and identifying what it is that you're actually dealing with and journaling is an excellent tool. And so you go through these three uh, steps of journaling, of writing down what actually happened and then asking the question, what am I to learn here? What's the point of this? And then watching for whatever light bulb moments or ahas that trigger you over the next few days and writing them down. And then bit by bit, step by step, going through the process until you feel clear and resolved and at peace with the thing. More journaling, more light bulb moments, asking more questions like, what do I need to release? How do I forgive this thing, this person or myself? Or what's required to release this so that I'm free of it? And having, having learned whatever insight I need to from this situation. And then from there, you reread your, your journaling notes to look for the pattern so that you can identify what it is that you are doing with how you're managing your mind and your energy. And then from there, you know what needs to be changed. Then you go about the work of changing that pattern, that habit, introducing new foods, new activities, more exercise, introducing things from the natural laws of health, those seven natural laws as well as pulling out your own tools to help you get through the, whatever the situation is. More journaling, meditation, essential oils, going for a walk, getting out into the sun, doing a cleanse, et cetera. Affirmations, prayer, et cetera. And then when you get stuck and when you know you need facilitating, then you call a coach, call the healer, the energy healer. Okay. So as long as you persistently go through that process over time, it doesn't happen yesterday. It's not, there's no magic bullet. Over time, you will notice the voice and the volume and the intensities of your emotional craving, your food cravings, your emotional eating patterns will diminish because you've addressed all of the different factors that contribute to that craving voice of madness. <laughs> all right. So I hope that helped give you some insight and some direction on how to start going about doing some things. If you'd like some more helps and, and some more assistance with that, reach out to me through my email. It's in the description 
that's associated with it, with this episode of how to reach me, how to find me. You can also grab some of, um, go to any of the links in the description, and that will lead you to where to find me. And as with all of my, <clears throat> with all of my episodes, and I have a downloadable gift for you. And today's gift is three essential keys to assist you in healing your gut and reversing gut issues. Breaking the emotional loop, the loop of emotional eating is one of those things. So download that gift. The, the link to do so is in the description of this episode. Read through it, apply the things that I teach you, and just take the steps. Be gentle with yourself and forgiving and patient with yourself. One step at a time, one step at a time, and persistently over time, then you will be able to heal your gut and resolve the emotional stuff that had been stuffed in your gut. Okay. So thanks for tuning in. Please share this episode around with friends and family who, know, who you know could benefit from this. Leave a comment of anything that you enjoyed out of this episode. I'll be happy to read and re reply to whatever your comments are. Like this episode, subscribe to my channel, help me grow my podcast. And with that, thanks again for tuning in. Take care and I'll talk to you soon.